Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. It's Monday morning, 10 11 our time. Bruce Siski Show on this. 18th of December already, 2023 on KDAL. Uh, coming up, more best of 2023 with uh, Deck Athletic Hall of Fame inductee Scott Keenan. But first, we got uh, Stephen and Tyler, not related to Aerosmith, but instead, <laughs> <laughs> you've never heard that joke before in your no, life. Actually, I we just literally heard it, I think, like two days ago, for, I think, for, okay. for the first time, and here we are again. And these guys are with the Duluth Harbor Monsters, the new Arena League team that'll be uh, taking up shop here in Duluth coming up in the spring. Good to see you guys. How you doing? Thank you for having us on. I really appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Uh, Tyler, what is your gig with the team? Yeah, I uh, I handle sales and operations. Okay. And uh, Steven is the general manager of the Harbor Monsters. That's right. Uh, I don't see any gray hair yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. We're, um, we're working on it, though? It, there's been a couple moments, yeah, yeah. where I could feel them growing. So... <laughs> This is, I mean, I'll start with you because this is, you know, people think about just the football part of yeah. it. And, that, and yes, that is a lot of work that right. you have to do to put a football team together. Mm-hmm. But it's everything else at the same time. Right. You're building from scratch. I, well, that's exactly it. it. Basically, it's, so one of the reasons why they hired me is because uh, I've been involved in startups in the past. And that's really what it feels like is a startup company. Because, yes, from the outside, everybody sees the football team. They see all of the entertainment, all the excitement on that side of things. But uh, for us on the back side of things, we have to build a brand still. We have to do all of the things that nobody ever sees and, you know, hiring all the different staff when it comes to handling everything from uh, marketing and media to sales and everything in between. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, we just ordered the turf. So I mean, there's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and there's there's a logo you have to design, and then you've right. got and then you've got to design the stuff that the logo is going to go on. Right. You you know, all that all that type and, and the logo, by the way, it's pretty cool. Thank I, you. I, I have to admit Thank that you. when I saw the list of names, I'm like, yeah, sure, sure, but. But I saw then I saw the logo. I'm like, that's a cool logo, and 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 the story behind this is is something you guys can can make something out of too. Yes, the story behind the, the Harbor Monster is really cool. Uh, basically, the Harbor Monster uh, yeah, is from this old legend, and uh, he protects not just Duluth Harbor, but he protects all of Lake Superior. Um, our design is based off of that design. It is a little bit different. Because like a lot of the designs in the past, so you have like this feline body, like this a uh, cougar body with a dragon's tail and horns. Uh, in a lot of them, they have like elk horns. Ours has like bull horns. It looks a little bit cooler, personally. But that's why we went with it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what's been the feedback you've gotten from that? People love it, honestly, for the exact same reason that you said. It's got a really cool look to it, um, especially like the sideways helmet, him coming through the the water, or or like even the direct on him lurking out of the water. People love that one as well. Well, and two, I, you know, I, I've been around this game a long time, mm-hmm. covered a lot of sports over the years. Mm-hmm. You can tell. It, it wears on you a little bit. 
And and but one thing that you see a lot of is you see the alliterative names sure. with these teams. We had the Duluth Dukes for all those years. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we, we have, and of course, there's. You think about the Bulldogs, and and the Bulldogs are synonymous with Duluth, right? So then then my my next thought is, well, don't just be a generic dog, right? Anybody can do that. Yeah. You know, this is unique. Yeah. And and and, and I. Yeah, it's not, it might not be a hit with everybody, but I like the fact you tried something different, and as opposed to doing the 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 safe thing. Well, I think so many people thought it was going to be some kind of Norse, you know, Viking yeah, related. Also, yeah. Yes. I mean, we got a lot of different uh, variety and variations of those type of names, uh, and it's like, all right, we get it. So you got one category over there for that. It was another big category for a bunch of different like Sasquatch uh, versions of names. I'm glad we didn't do something like that as well. But uh, this, I think, is unique. I think it's cool looking. And uh, like we right now, I'm literally going back and forth with our uniform makers. I had a good idea what I wanted in mind. Right now, they're drawing up uh, the different drafts and everything like that. And it looks so cool on the uniforms. Um, so that's I'm really excited to see it actually on our players as they one I guess go out to meet the community, but also on the field. Steve is the general manager. Tyler is in uh, sales and operations of the Duluth Harbor Monsters. Uh, Steve, we'll get back to that because I've got I've got questions there too. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Tyler, what is for you right now? What's the primary focus for you? Uh, it's it's really sales for for any corporate partners, whether it be uh, we signed City Auto Glass locally. They're they're kind of our official auto glass provider. I uh, we also just partnered with uh, Earthrider. We're pretty Earthrider. excited about yeah, that nice. as well. Yeah, I. Uh, I, we signed with Rick Lampton with 310 Pubs, 7 West, Tap House, all those guys, and that was more of a personal connection. But it's it's building those local partnerships as well as now planning for the season. How much stress for you? Because you know you don't necessarily have to pick the players, but but your job is still really important here as we approach Game One uh, coming up in the spring. Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely stressful. I mean stress is kind of what I thrive under. That's that's the <laughs> environment I thrive under. I mean this job is kind of. Uh, that pipe dream job of, of not only a startup, but uh, something football and sports related has always been something I wanted to work in. And now I get that chance out of nowhere. So, mm-hmm. Steven, you got to find players. Yeah. And, and, and that's a big part of this as well. And that's part of why you're here today. Is you got, you've got some open tryouts coming up that we'll talk about. Right. But, you know, do you still feel like in that regard, you're kind of drinking through a fire hose here? You've got so much to do and you have to go find some people to play football for you? Yes. I mean, right now, the good news is we've been inundated with footage from so many different players who want to join the team. So that makes it easy for us in in one way that we can just literally start sifting through all these different players and start picking uh, some of the best ones. Uh, But we also do a lot of scouting. Right now, Coach Tony, he is doing uh, a lot of scouting. Uh, He has, I guess I probably shouldn't go into too much detail because we haven't signed anybody yet. But we have a couple uh, quarterbacks that we think are going to be dynamite starters for us. We just got to maybe either pick one or maybe go with a, a backup as well. But uh, I think that they are dynamite players that we've been scouting and looking at and wooing over to the team. Uh, but, yes, one of the main things that we wanted to get on the show about right now is about our open tryouts, um, where any of you who are listening right now can try out to be a professional football player and be on the field in front of thousands of fans uh, and get paid to do it. 
That sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah. Uh, tell us, uh, we'll get some more of the particulars here in a second, but just tell us first about the open tryouts, where and when that whole bit. You got it. Um, so we're going to be doing multiple rounds of open tryouts. Uh, the, the first one is going to be down in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh, it's going to be at uh, the Valley Sports Academy complex down there. It's a huge place. Uh, to be honest, we wanted to do everything here at the deck. But obviously, that is that was the plan. It's what we wanted to do. But uh, we didn't have turf ready yet. They didn't have turf. When I say they, I mean the, the deck didn't have turf. So we had to kind of go elsewhere. So we uh, found some different other uh, sports complexes that are indoors, including uh, the Proctor Indoor Complex. We'll be going there next. You don't want to do outdoor tryouts in January? Um, <laughs> no. It's the exact opposite of what we want to do. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, to be honest, I, I thought we could do everything at the Heritage Center. And then as soon as they pulled out the turf, I was like, oh, never mind. Moving on to uh, the yeah. next place. Uh, so we'll be doing the first open tryouts. It's going to be down in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. There's a lot of benefits of that. One, it's closer to the Twin Cities. It's closer to Milwaukee and Green Bay and everything else down there. So we can pull in a lot more players from those regions. And we've gotten a lot of a lot of uh, hits from different players who will be showing up from those regions, which is awesome. That's January 6th, I believe you said, in, in Eau Claire. Lake Halley, I think, is the actual location yes. for the place. Yes. Uh, just north of Eau Claire, right, right off Highway 53, if you're heading down that way, it's very easy to find. Uh, you know, As you look through all this footage you've gotten and as you prepare for these open tryouts, are you able to find, is it even possible to sift through and find players that have experience actually playing arena football? Because it is yes. different than traditional football. To be honest, most of the players that we're looking at are from the arena league. Okay. I mean, there are several players that are, you know, they came out of college. Here's some different footage from us from college and, and so on and so forth. But the, actually, the vast majority of the footage that we're looking at are uh, arena league players. Okay. Because one arena league ends they want to join on to the next one uh the afl i think is starting up soon again so there's a lot of players that are wanting to join that league as well but right now it's a very big buzz because right now yes our, our league exists our league is brand new there's uh four teams for this inaugural season you got duluth uh, kansas city waterloo iowa and springfield missouri that's just the inaugural uh, first four teams for that first season but then we're going to be going up significantly from there. Season two, we're going to go up to six. And in season three, we're going to be up to either – gun, we're gunning for 12. They just got to lock in, lock in all the different arenas and stuff like that. Um, but besides our league, right around the whole entire United States, I think there's like four other arena leagues that are out there. Um, what we want the most, what we're trying to hunt the most are actual NFL players that uh, either they were brought in, let's say, to Kansas City, because you can bring in, let's say, hundreds of players yeah. for tr training camp and everything else, but you got to cut them down to 52 players. That is our prime demographic. That's who we're actually hunting for the most is actual NFL talent. Um, but we have been, like I said, inundated with Arena League players. Which is great because right. they already know the game. Yeah, because it is it's a different game, and and you know we had an arena league, a football league here. The IFL played here for a couple of years yeah. with the Lumberjacks. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you're old enough to remember that or not because you're pretty young. But I do remember when <laughs> I, I do remember when they were around. I never went to any other games yeah. at that time. It, it was fun, but again, it's just so different because that field is so small, is so compact, and and everything happens so much quicker. Right. 
it's not built the you just because you're good at traditional football doesn't necessarily mean it's going to what you do is going to translate onto that small field and what's even cooler is anyone who is even related to uh arena football as it is like for instance let's say you watched it on nbc yeah. back in the day with the afl um or any of these other players that are in other leagues that are the different versions of arena football ours is different from even those ones one big thing that uh, a lot of these arena leagues do is so they're kicking. They got these big nets on yeah. both sides with this skinny post. Yep. Try to get in there. That's a big factor. That's an element. We have completely removed kicking altogether because it just slows the game down. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch kicking anyways. <laughs> uh, so, so we remove that element. We have a nonstop clock. It runs the whole entire game. It only stops for penalties and for uh, injuries and different stuff like that. It's kind of like uh, hockey or soccer or something. Like that. There is going to be specific times when it stops. Otherwise, right. it just can continuously running our players play both offense and defense uh there's only six players on the field at a time and similar to hockey we'll be flipping them out kind of like line changes and stuff like that uh there is a big heavy element that we've added from hockey into this to try to keep the game moving faster keep it just yeah faster paced higher scoring bigger impacts to just be more exciting to have this more exciting adhd version of football that uh, everything that you love about ordinary football, the scores, the the hits, everything like that, we have more of it, significantly more of it. A couple more here for the gents from the Harbor Monsters. Uh, Tyler, for folks that want to get involved, that, that want to be a part of this thing, uh, best way to get a hold of you and, and do so? Yeah, I mean, it's we have right on our website is a, is a contact us to, to become a partner. Um, it's, it's right at the bottom of the website. You fill in a general contact form, and it, it'll go to... I believe Steve yeah, yeah, and me. My email. But either way, uh, one easy way to do it is just Tyler at DuluthMonsters.com is, uh, is his email. You can also reach out to me at uh, Steve at DuluthMonsters.com. Whether you want to be a corporate partner or if you have some kind of event coming up that you would like us to somehow get involved in, let us know. Because we want to be involved with as many things in this community as possible. And that's also part of this is as you grow this, try to grow this brand, Absolutely. getting it to as many places as you possibly right. can, whether you have players like you don't right now or once you do, getting the players out to these things. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different uh, yeah. bars around town that uh, they want uh, either the cheerleaders there or they want the players <laughs> there they, for all sorts of different events that they have going on or they can wrap the event around us being there. The players are going to be there, come down and check them out uh, this Thursday, that, that, that. And you've got a couple of dates set for tryouts. You said January 6th yes. in uh, Lake Halley. And then what's the date up in Proctor? February 2nd. February 2nd. That is a Saturday up in Proctor. Mm -hmm. uh, gentlemen, anything we got to leave people with? If you want to sign up, just go to our website. Everything is right there. Just go to DuluthMonsters.com forward slash tryouts. Or if you got anything else, if you want to see the, the schedule or if you want to buy season tickets or anything, just go to our website. It's all right there. And the schedule's there as well. If you want to see uh, you know home opener, what's the date for the home opener at the deck? Well, our first game, so it's going to be like our inaugural game, yeah. that's going to be actually May 25th. But the season kicks off June 1st. Okay. But I would highly suggest everybody just comes to uh, the very first game. It will be here before you know it. That's right. Good to see you guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Appreciate Thank it. DuluthMonsters.com is the website. 1026 is our time. Go for update next, and then more best of. Uh, we kind of wrap up the year 2023. Bruce Siski showing a Monday on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The University of Minnesota football team will play Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Michigan, one week from tomorrow afternoon. We'll have a preview when we come back. 
Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call. Nice is sincere. At Western National, nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer, whether it's for your home, auto, or business. And don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives? Ask your independent agent today for Western National Insurance and experience the power of nice. The Gophers and the Falcons will kick off at 1 o'clock Minnesota time one week from tomorrow at Ford Field. Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck is taking his second Gopher team to that bowl game, having coached a victorious club in the 2018 Quick Lane Bowl, a win over Georgia Tech. Fleck says... We're excited uh, to be back in the Quick Lane Bowl. Uh, we absolutely loved our time back there in 2018. We want to thank the Detroit Lions, Quick Lane, City of Detroit. Uh, we love the hospitality. And, uh, you know, it's interesting as a five and ten or five and seven team, you might not have necessarily had the wins to qualify, but uh, this is the type of team we have when you're talking about APR numbers and the 992 that we have. Uh, they're still student athletes and uh, opportunities like this present themselves uh, when you do all the right things off the field in the classroom. And uh, it's a great reward for our players. And that's what bowl season is all about. So we're really excited to be back to Detroit. I uh, can't wait to be there. I know our team's really excited as well. That's Golden Gopher head coach P.J. Fleck. He and the Gophers will leave on Friday. For more info on the Gophers in the Quick Lane Bowl, go to gophersports.com and click on Bowl Central. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The Bruce Siski Show. That guy's driving me crazy. You know what's driving me crazy? You not getting the ball in the hole. This guy sucks. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAO. 10.37 on a Monday morning. Chilly outside, 11 at the airport, 14 Superior, 14 downtown. Windchill sitting at 8 below. Tomorrow, a couple of members of the Duluth East hockey program, former Greyhounds Dick and Will Fisher, as we uh, embark on the 75th season of Duluth East Hockey, we'll talk about their uh, big celebration coming up. Also, on tomorrow's radio show, Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network, live from the road as the Wolves on the road here this week. Best of 2023 series continues. Had a chance in the spring to chat with the Grandma's Marathon legend, the founder of the Marathon Deck Athletic Hall of Famer, Scott Keenan. Joining us now, one of the legends of running in this area, one of the uh, men behind Grandma's Marathon, race director for 37 years, set to be inducted into the Deck Athletic Hall of Fame coming up in early May. The one, the only Scott Keenan. Good morning, sir. Yeah, good morning, Bruce. How are you? Oh, it's great. It, it's the 127th uh, running of the Boston Marathon today, so it's a great running day. And uh, I have it on with uh, TV right now. Do they have better weather than we do? Uh, it's slightly raining now. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's not necessarily bad for the runners. It can be a little slick on the on the course, but they don't mind it being a little cooler. No, it looks good out there, so they're having a great time. Uh, we look back, Scott, and, and we go back to 1977 and, and the first Grandma's Marathon, 150 entrants, and 
they've sold out this year's races or have you know close to 40,000 runners in Duluth uh, for a marathon weekend in June and I know you're not involved in in the race anymore but do you ever just you, you sit and look at these numbers and think oh my goodness what look, look at what we were able to build here in little old Duluth Oh no it was great uh, to to get grandma's marathon started was was a challenge and uh, and but once we proved that uh, that uh, special events in Duluth uh, really could be an economic tool for the city founders and so forth and and uh, it really took off. I mean, um, you know, it's it's the 47th year this year of Grandma's Marathon, so it's really exciting, and and it does bring in millions of dollars economically to the community. So it's a great thing. It, it certainly is, and, and it's something that, like, like I said, you had a hand in, in in starting it back in 1977. And and you know, we we look back on on all these years of of Grandma's Marathon, and you've got a book that you we talked to you. I think when the book came out, and and you, I know you're promoting it around Marathon Weekend a couple of years ago. As you look back, and and you 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 know, got a chance to look back in that book, and and kind of go back in the history of this race. A couple of things that maybe jump out at you in terms of, of maybe what helped build this thing to what it is today. Are there any moments that stick out in your mind that, you know, this is this has got a chance to be really big because this happened? Well, you know, it. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be a runner even. I, I it, it, You know, there's an old saying, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. In, in my case, I, I was lucky many, many times. Um, you know, I, I never ran a step in high school. I, I started running on a three-inch sand track in San Antonio, Texas, in combat boots with, at Lackland Air Force Base. And I didn't like running uh, before that, but I was told to run. And uh, I was 140 pounds, uh, six foot tall, and you could count every rib in my body. So I, my first <laughs> running really came in basic training. And uh, from there, that got me started in running. Um, I, 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 was a, I was faster than the other troopers. Uh, I'm not saying that was a great accomplishment because I was so thin and, and a lot of, them, <laughs> the other troops, troopers were heavier and, um, and maybe smoked cigarettes. So I, 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 I ran well and I got a lot of recognition from the sergeants. And I ended up running um, you know, as the fastest runner out of our squadron. And so that's what got me started. And and then, you know, really getting into this stuff is that I'd love to organize things. I became president of the North Shore Striders in, in 1973. And um, we actually, in 1977, the, the, the start of the, the, the marathon really came in 1977 when we actually changed the muscular dystrophy 26-mile run-a-thon, which we had from Two Arbors to Duluth, to an official marathon. But if it wasn't for Andy Borg and and, um, and um, Nikki Pellucci to give us that first six hundred dollars to sponsor the race, I'm not so sure we would have had a race. Talking to Scott Keenan, the longtime race director for Grandma's Marathon, being inducted into the Deck Athletic Hall of Fame coming up on May the fourth. We'll give you more details on that here in just a little bit. Over your years as the race director, what was the biggest stress point for you as the race approached? Well, I, I was a nervous now as it got close to the race for sure, is the weather. Uh, the, the weather was something that was not in any of my control, and I, I didn't like that. And it was probably one of the reasons why I retired, too, is because uh, going into the last few years of Grandma's Marathon when we were hosting national championships, the weather was really, you know, it could have gone either way. We were a little fortunate. It went to our favor, but... 
it was stressful for the weather. Just uh, you didn't want to cancel the race, and we never did. So it, that was the hardest thing for me to deal with. I think you you might have mentioned this to me, or maybe it's in your book. I can't remember where I saw or heard this, but 2012, the year of the Duluth flood. You, I think you you referenced it somewhere that I saw or heard that that if that had happened, if that if that torrential storm had happened on race day, and I think it happened a few days after Grandma's Marathon that year. There would have been no Grandma's Marathon that year. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I can't remember the exact date, but I think it was Tuesday after our race. The storm yep. hit yep. and uh, wiped wiped out uh, parts of the course. And no, you, you know, we need luck in this business. <laughs> so I, I think I think in many ways that, um, as I said earlier, that uh, I've been blessed with being lucky. How in ways? And it. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying it, and it's just a wonderful honor to be inducted. Even thought of being put into the Duck Athletic Hall of Fame, I'm very humbled about this, and and very grateful. How synonymous are the names Dick Beardsley and Gary Bjorklund with this race's history? Obviously, Gary's name is now on the half marathon. Well, I'll start off with Gary because there, there's another thing that there wouldn't be a race if it wasn't for Gary Bjorklund. And uh, in fact, in in uh, 1972. Um, I, he, Gary Berkman sold me my first pair of running shoes. I didn't even know who he was. He was working at C.C. Wilson Sporting Goods Stores in Duluth. And I, I bought my first pair of shoes when I got back from basic training from Gary Bjorklund. And he gave us gave me tons of uh, information on how to be a good runner and how to train. And, and um, you know, it's Gary Bjorklund coming to the race in 1977. Uh, he was a 10,000-meter uh, uh, Olympian. And to get Gary here to run Grandma's Marathon that year really took us off, and I give a lot of credit for to Gary Bjorklund. Uh, Kara Goucher is uh, is somebody who you're being inducted with on May 4th, and, and I find that very kind of fitting given Kara's impact in the running world, and she's an Olympian, now a broadcaster, a published best-selling author, and, and your status and, and what you've done with Grandma's Marathon, how fitting is it that the two of you will be inducted together next month? Well, it's the greatest honor in in the world to be inducted with Kara Goucher and, and everybody else as well. But Kara, you know, I got her to run uh, Grandma's Marathon weekend uh, with the 2012 National Half Marathon Championships, and and Kara was on her way to um, to the London Olympics, and and to get Kara here and for her to win the race was probably one of the most memorable experiences of my life, and and I know it's one of hers as well. And um, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame at the same time as Kara Goucher, I'm honored. What kind of impact do you think she's had on, on on the young runners in this area? Seeing you know somebody who grew up here and has come back here and, and, and has talked about her love of this area and having the success that she's had in the business. In, in the running business, Kara Goucher is a rock star uh, all over the United States, uh, and and for her to grow up and here in Duluth and, and run at East High School, it's uh, it's just amazing. Uh, everybody looks up to Kara Goucher. I mean, uh, she, she's a hero to everybody, and she's certainly one of my heroes as well. Once in a, We're talking to Scott Keenan, the longtime race director of Grandma's Marathon, being inducted into the Deck Athletic Hall of Fame on May 4th. There's every once in a while, if I'm driving around in the winter, I'm going to see people out running. And I, and I, and I get out and I walk every day now because I need to be in better shape, and that's part of my way of doing that. And, you know, get a couple of miles in. I try to get outside whenever I can, but I've got my limits, Scott. I'm not going to go outside and walk around when it's, you know, 10, 15 degrees. But there are some real diehards around here that will go out and run in just about 
anything. How much does of a role does that play in the number of strong runners we produce here in the state of Minnesota? The fact that the, the, these folks, they've got to be willing to run in just about anything, and they're good at it. Well, uh, I have a theory on that, Bruce. It's like, first of all, if you're running in the snow, you're doing resistant training. And um, if it's a little slippery, you're doing resistance training. And uh, that strengthens your legs. And um, it, it, it's, it's easier to get your lungs in shape than your legs. So I, I think winter running is a, a big advantage over other athletes. And, and I think that was a big factor in uh, producing so many great runners out of the Northland here. And um, so winter running, I think it's a situation where you're not running as fast all the time, but you're getting strong, you're getting stronger. And... Uh, and I think that's the what the, the main factor of all the great runners from, from this area. Scott, as we sit here on April 17th, we are basically two months out from the 2023 running of Grandma's Marathon. Take me back to your time as race director. At this point in, in the run-up to Grandma's, and you know, in, in this case especially where the, the spots are already filled, the, the, you know, the entries are already sold for Grandma's Marathon, for you as a race director, what's the biggest thing you're doing, right? the most important thing you're doing right now two months out? Well, the planning has already been set. So what you're doing at this point is just working on the details and implementing your, your planning strategies and working with the volunteers, um, getting making sure the buses and the transportations are all set, the sponsors' needs are all taken care of. Um, you get the volunteers, make sure, last-minute volunteers, get them trained and get them in positions where they're going to be working. It, it's just the details, Bruce. You got to you got to get the details, and then once you get them figured out, you got to go over them again and make sure they're they're accurate. How important are those longtime volunteers? The, the, and I and I know a couple that, that volunteered a, a water station for for two decades for, for you, basically. Where you know you get you get to this point, and they all they all know at this point because they've been doing it for so long. They know what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. Oh gosh, it, it you know we, you know when I was doing it, we had. 6,000 race day volunteers, um, uh, 250 volunteer coordinators. They're, they're very uh, supportive to what everything we've ever done with Grandma's Marathon. And there wouldn't be a, a, a marathon without the great volunteers, the sponsors, and, of course, the runners that keep coming back. Scott, you wrote a book. You did come out a couple of years ago, but tell people about the book. I know it's still on Amazon if they want to try to find it. Yeah, it, it, was, it was something that... I, I did during the COVID. It took me 13 months to write it. It uh, I took my time, but I wanted to get the history of Grandma's Marathon, then really outline the real heroes of Grandma's Marathon, and how it got started. And and uh, so it, it was fun. It was, it, it was a, it's a book um, uh, titled "My Journey to Grandma's Marathon: History and Heroes," and uh, it, it's been going pretty good. I I, I enjoyed it um, and. It's a it's an exciting uh, it was an exciting journey for me. So if you, people haven't got it, they can go on Amazon and get it, or just con- just go on my website, scottkeenanbooks.com. Scottkeenanbooks.com, the website, the Deck Athletic Hall of Fame inducts the class of 2023 on May the 4th. You can get more details on that Hall of Fame banquet by going to deck.org. Scott, honor to speak with you as always. Appreciate the time and continued success and enjoy. What, what are you doing right now, by the way? I know you're you're retired, but that doesn't mean you're not doing anything. No, I, I just uh, I, I shovel a lot. I'm, I'm a real good <laughs> shoveler, and, I, and, it, and I've been doing a lot of that. And I coach cross-country at East High School in the fall months, and, and that's really been a blessing for me, too. And um, so I keep busy. I do a lot of gardening and once we get some snow melted here, and, um, and I'll be doing a lot, of, a lot of gardening with my wife. 
But great Scott Keenan. That was fun to catch up with him. Grandma's Marathon legend and now a Deck Athletic Hall of Famer. We have plenty to set you up for. A busy week here before we uh, close up shop for 2023. Our last live show of the year will be on Thursday. And lots to do and see between now and then. We'll set you up for that and wrap things up on this Monday morning. We're brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com. Your Twin Ports home for Gopher football. Zone touchdown, Golden Gophers. ADAL. All right, Timberwolves tonight against Miami. From Miami, 6-15 pregame over on AM710. The Wilder in Pittsburgh. Coverage at 545. We're back tomorrow. Folks from Duluth East Hockey, Dick and Will Fisher. A couple of Duluth East alums on the alumni celebration coming up, part of East 75th anniversary. Also tomorrow, Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network, live from the road trip. Busy week. We'll continue to talk about that. We're back with you tomorrow morning. Have a great one. Brad's up next after the news. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What do you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFM, and 610 KDAL Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.